guys, and welcome to today's episode of Dermatologist Talks: Science of Beauty. Today, I'm going to talk about flowers, the eternal symbol of beauty, their life cycle, and what they can teach us about the art of being subtly beautiful. Now, the word "subtle" actually originates from a Latin root word. Which refers really to a fabric having a fine weave. In today's world, subtlety is defined, according to the Oxford Dictionary, as、um, something which is delicate or so precise that it is often difficult to analyze it or to describe it. The original Latin root word. Is essentially pointing to something which is、uh, very understated,、uh, rather delicate, like、uh, the weave of a fabric, or nuanced. Now, when we talk about the art of being subtle, when we use this phrase, we are actually referring to the act of conveying something in a skillful. Clever way,、um, and that is definitely considered strategic and intentional. Now, on the topic of beauty, I think that we can identify with this sentiment.、Um, trying too hard to be beautiful、uh, is something which can come across as. Rather garish or distasteful,、um, and this、uh, description is often applied to one's clothing or attire. It's very interesting to consider that perhaps、um, the evolution of our consumerist mindset has led to the belief, perhaps, that more. Is better, more beautiful, and the louder or more attention-grabbing something is, the more beautiful it is. But is this really true? I would like to look to the example of a flower, the eternal and universal symbol of beauty, to see if we can shed some light on this topic. Now the quality of floral blooms is such that it universally elicits an emotion of beauty, and it also brings to mind the ideal of beauty. Why is that so? There are actually true biological traits that we can observe in the morphology of the flower, which can account for our reaction to it.、Um, In its color, the shape, the delicate nature and texture of the floral petals, I feel for some reason it is never outlandish or garish, and we can say the same of many things that we find in nature. They are magnificent, but they are never over the top. So to me, that is truly miraculous because. It is easy, even for a perfect artificial object, an aesthetically、uh, symmetrical, morphologically accurate copy、um, that is artificially made, to be regarded as tacky, garish, even if it's made as an exact copy 
of what it was trying to imitate. Now I think there is a real answer to this, and it is actually found in neuroscience. The way we are hardwired as human beings to perceive organic forms and natural states as being the most pleasing to our eyes is actually evidence that we crave subtle beauty. There may or may not be a true mathematical definition to these organic objects in nature, and for example. Scientists have discovered the concept of fractals in nature and organic forms. They posit that it is essentially what makes every natural phenomenon not just unique but also replicable and identifiable by its overall morphology.、Um, and hence, for this reason. We are able to identify different animals, and、uh, also in the plant kingdom, within the same species of plants, there are differences, and yet they are uniform. So that is really an example of the、um, genius of nature in terms of being able to maintain homogeneity,、um, at the same time being individually distinct, and this. Contributes to the concept of subtle beauty as well, because、um, very often we are、um, inclined to think that being unique is、uh, also the definition of being beautiful, because it is different from everything else. And the mystery here is truly that nature relies on this subtlety of. Its creations to bring out this sense of beauty. Now, the other quality of floral blooms is the ephemeral nature of its、uh, petals and the bloom itself. There are certainly lessons for us to draw from about this quiet beauty of a flower, which. Doesn't make a sound throughout its entire life cycle,、um, and in today's world, we often feel like we are drowning in all the noise. And even when applied to the beauty、uh, industry, in the fashion industry, and in all forms of media that we consume, it can、uh, seem like you need to be loud in order to be heard. So. I feel that it, there is something which is quite different、uh, in East Asian culture, at least, where subtlety and quietness、uh, they are traditionally valued as forms of meditation and、um, produces a sense of quiet self confidence. Which、uh, philosophically, I feel that. Flowers themselves,、um, they represent this very、uh, unique quality of beauty.、Uh, it is both material in the sense that physically we can appreciate、um, why flowers are beautiful with its myriad colors, the、uh, different shapes, 
the floral scent, uh, and the way our mind re uh, our body and our mind reacts to the scents as well, uh, is physically tangible and material. But at the same time, um, I think we all understand and can appreciate that the floral beauty of a, a flower, of a bloom, is not just in what one can see, uh, but also in its scent, uh, which engages another uh, one of our senses. And that is very interesting as well because it is distinct and is unique to each type of flower. Now, the bloom itself is transient. It lasts only for a couple of days uh, for most flowers. And then the flower goes to seed and the seed then sprouts new plants which when they reach maturity will flower again. So this is the self-regenerating uh, eternal quality of plants that uh, I feel contributes to uh, not just the physical beauty that we see on the flower, but also the philosophical idea of a beautiful phenomenon that is self-regenerating and also uh, reminds us of eternity. Now, to compare the beauty of a physical bloom of a flower uh, to that with a synthetic flower, I think without a question, we can uh, tell that there is a very big difference and there is almost no room for comparison, really. The inherent beauty of a uh, living bloom is apparently then quite distinct when you compare it to even a perfectly crafted artificial flower. Um, how we feel towards artificial blooms, um, which is most of the time almost nothing when compared to the emotion that fresh blooms uh, elicit in, in us, I think is very telling uh, in terms of our human psyche uh, that we crave um, organic material, uh, be it from the scent that arise from the living bloom, uh, or even from the fact that we in innately do like things which are transient. Uh, so because it is transient, and we know it doesn't last forever, uh, we also appreciate it more. So um, in terms of the scent of uh, natural blooms, it is certainly possible um, to replicate this with synthetic fragrances. And a lot of these synthetic molecules are actually uh, copies of what is found in nature. Uh, and they are longer lasting um, and more suited, for example, to be uh, bottled in perfumes. Um, but the key here is that the inspiration is from a natural bloom. Uh, and I think this is also why fragrance is so important uh, to men and women, and I think women 
we actually associate um, the fragrances or perfumes that we use uh, with our own memories. And um, I feel that it is our emotional response to scent uh, that also helps to uh, encapsulate this uh, emotion of beauty uh, that we get from flowers. So when we wear perfume, uh, very often uh, we uh, are reminded of our favorite flower. So in that sense, perfumes and fragrances actually encapsulates our desire to be beautiful. Uh, because like um, how these blooms are transient in uh, nature, the volatile uh, compounds that make up a fragrance in a bottle of perfume are also transient. So it dissipates after a certain time. But at the same time, it's almost like when we apply it, we are immediately transported to this world where the fragrance can remind us of this beauty that we had once experienced. So I think it is imprinted in our human psyche um, that we do seek out subtlety and transience uh, and what is organic in terms of its origin and form uh, as opposed to what is synthetic or artificial. So really, this idea of transience uh, which is in our human concept of beauty as well, um, is a huge part of our psyche. And that may be uh, the cause that leads us to seek out what is immortal and eternal. So even our quest for agelessness at the end of the day, it may be linked to our subconscious acknowledgement of the ephemeral. So the reason I think flowers are also um, the archetype of our discussion on beauty today is because as a symbol of um, beauty, it is intricately associated uh, in the human experience with this beautiful sense and this allure of natural perfume, which is unique to each flower. It's testament to the fact that um, us human beings with our olfactory senses are actually able to process this remarkable experience, uh, which is purely olfactory, also visual. But I think that one can seek out this sensation or emotion of beauty purely from the olfactory standpoint. So in my opinion, this is actually real evidence that beauty is an experience and maybe a sensation, uh, an emotion rather than any sort of objective definition that has to fit certain criteria. And, you know, we are also able to study the effects of aromatherapy in medicine in terms of its positive impact on our well-being, our psychology, our emotional states uh, that help us on many levels and eventually can even translate to an overall sense of physical well-being. So, I want to end this podcast with a discussion on the life cycle of a flower. Uh, 
The fact that flowers do not appear overnight, and in fact,、uh, if you ask any gardener, they will tell you that flowers are only present in mature plants. So the life cycle of a plant is such that it takes time to bloom to reach maturity, and a rose bush, for example, doesn't start off as a rose, and it is only a part of the plant. It is the rest of the plant which, when it's healthy and fully grown and fully matured, which is made up of trees, branches, when they reach a certain age, and then they start to produce small buds, which subsequently become full blooms. Rose bushes are where roses come from. And not your floral shops. So, what we have commercialized、uh, in the floral industry,、uh, amongst florists, etc., sometimes can lead one to think that beauty、uh, is a commodity. And in fact,、um, it may influence our subconscious.、Um, and、uh, delving deep into this topic,、uh, which allows us to understand how roses. Truly, are in nature can help to soothe our psyche as well,、uh, especially if we are struggling with the demands of a consumerist society, and also、uh, in terms of perhaps unrealistic、uh, depictions of beauty,、um, which affect our self-esteem. Now. Roses grow out of thorny rose bushes. It doesn't even appear as a beautiful, stately tree, but simply as a thorny bush. It starts off either as a seed or as a propagated cutting, and when it's young and immature, it doesn't bloom. And it's only when it reaches maturity, and that's when it produces the most beautiful but transient blooms. I think there is a lesson here with regards to the adaptation of our definitions of beauty、um, as a consumer、um, of beauty,、uh, because I feel that while it is very、uh, good for us to indulge in self care、um, and also keep ourselves,、uh, you know, physically healthy. In many ways, including、uh, you know the use of cosmeceuticals and adopting a healthy lifestyle,、uh, it is critical for us to heal our inner world as well. So, helping、uh, this、uh, journey is really the story of how a rose comes to be. Because、uh, I think we all struggle with this、uh, idea that things are less than perfect,、um, and. In nature, everything that、uh, can be viewed eventually as perfect always starts off as imperfect. So this instant gratification that we get from、uh, the media we consume today、uh, may actually、uh, be influencing our personal assessments of、uh, beauty. So、um, the innate reflection here,、uh, to me, is that、uh, we ought to view the life cycle of a flower, the eternal and the perfect symbol of beauty, by all standards. Um, in universal definitions of beauty,、um, the life cycle of flowers actually teaches us on the beauty of time and maturity、uh, as a journey that is 
uh, often fraught with difficulties or imperfections, but we can truly trust that um, it will reach its most perfect state in its own time. It is well said in a biblical text. See how the flowers of the fields grow. They do not labor or spin. And yet I tell you that even Solomon in all his splendor was not dressed like one of these. If we were to uh, focus our energies on fashion, for example, uh, in terms of the key to making us beautiful. It can be quite frustrating and we find that it's hard to please everyone because of changing fashion trends as well. Um, but for some reason, the humble flower seems to exude it perfectly. So, um, I feel that we can learn a lot uh, from floral beauty. First of all, we appreciate that it is with time and age, with maturity, that uh, we truly can blossom. Uh, and it's partly because of our own emotional journey that helps us appreciate the things around us, which we probably had taken for granted before. And this includes the beauty of humble flowers, the beauty of scents. Well, that's it for today's podcast. I hope you've enjoyed this discussion, um, a storytelling of the allure of flowers, the signs of floral beauty, and the art of being subtly beautiful, just like the rose. <music>